voting's coming up as she, uh, in November, and uh, if you haven't had the opportunity to register to vote, you'd like to have that opportunity. See Bill Jung, he's got him and Ramona have them. Uh, uh, he'll be glad to get it to you. If he doesn't have it with him right now, get it to, to tonight. And uh, uh, folks, you need to exercise that freedom of vote. You need to get out and, and vote. We're not going to tell you who to vote for. Uh, we are going to ask you to pray about who, before you vote and, and get godly principles. You want godly men and women in office that believe the same way we do in this book. And believing that way, we want our children to hear the opportunity. Good to see Ron Dolores. How are you guys doing? All right, so let our kids go back now. Sarah and Allie. When are you girls going to sing again? All right. Think about it. Practice on it, if you will. Oh, look at all them young people. Give them a hand, will you? It's good to see you. Lord's blessing. We're getting them, maybe not as fast as we like, but we're, we're getting them up, and that's great. All right, you've had a chance to find your place in the Bible by now, I'm sure. Stand with me out of respect to the author. We're going to read books, nine uh, books. We're going to read the first nine books, and then we'll, <laughs> then we'll turn the lights out and camp out. No. <laughs> We're going to read chapter 9, verses 1 through 7 of John, please. And you follow along, or you can use a pew Bible. It's on page 92 in the New Testament. I say that because the Old Testament has a 92, and the New Testament has a 92. So it's in the New Testament, 92. Uh, it's the book of John. It's a, I call it Big John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then you got Acts, Romans, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, and go eat power, uh, popcorn. Our General Electric Power Company, if you re like John, retired from power company. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. God, ah, come on, I'm not that spiritual. I just gotta, I gotta, th I'm simple. I gotta think how to remember some of those things. All right, are you ready now? Verse one. And as Jesus passed by, now that day he's walking, he had an intention to pass by this guy. He saw a man which was blind from his birth. We're going to come back and say some more about that in a minute. And his disciples asked him and saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Why is it whenever something goes bad, we think it's somebody sinned? You know, there's a different purpose, a different reason. And Jesus states right here in verse 3, Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. So that they can see God's glory. God do something in his life, through his life. Verse 4, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spit on the ground, made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with clay. And then in the original Greek it says, and then he used that 98% alcohol hand wash. Yours don't say that? No. I mean, our kids, we used to do that as kids. The kids, we don't let them do it today. They get sick if they, you can't touch the dirt. I don't know. Verse 7, and said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. And he went his way, therefore, and washed and came, saying. Now the blind guy went, and he washed it all, and he came, saying. Now understand something. The man was blind. He did not see Jesus coming by. He couldn't, but Jesus saw him where he was at, 
and Jesus sees you and I where we're at. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you see all, that you know all. We thank you, Lord, that you're in control of all. It's, it's you, Lord. You give us the freedom of choice. You allow us to decide to serve or not to serve, to worship or not to worship. You, you give us a choice of what ha- we can't choose what happens on the outside of us, but you do give us the uh, freedom of choice to choose what happens on our inside and how we react. And, Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, we're just so gracious that you're good to us, and we thank you, Lord, for the spirit that's in this house today. Now, Lord, I know there's some folks out there hurting. There's some folks that want to serve you with all their might and mighty. There's some folks that's been lost their job and loved ones turned their back on them. There's some folks that's been hurt and divorced. And, Lord, there's some that's been physically sick and through no fault of their own. But, Lord, we ask you if there's someone that doesn't know you as their personal Savior, let them reach out their hand because you're there to take them. You see it, Lord, just as you saw this blind man. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now I want to continue talking. This, this blind guy, I remember he was blind. He couldn't see Jesus come by. And a lot of times we don't see what Jesus is doing. We don't see what Jesus wants to do. And we're oftentimes we don't see it because we are got our focus off of him, got our eyes on him because life has just caused us to stumble or life has caused us to to be concerned about something else or, or we get wrapped up in ourselves. And I want to continue talking to you. Why does God allow dark times to come into our life? Why does God allow those darkness, those dark times? Uh, and, and I want you to key in on the fact, uh, I think this is message four or whatever, but it's allow. God allows that. God doesn't always bring it, but he allows it. And he, he does. I, I was talking to Charlie and Sharon, and Charlie uh, broke his foot when Sharon pushed him out of the tree. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. No. But, they, but bless God, they, I went to check on them, try to encourage them. They encouraged me, and they said, we don't know what's going on, but we thank God that he's, he trusted us with this test. And, folks, that's what happens a lot of times. We go through dark times because God's testing us. Now, dark times are a part of life. Let's face it. We, you know, gonna let, in fact, a, a, bunch of, uh, a bunch of psychologists met together in Boston, and, and they wanted to determine what caused stress. If we could find some simple way of describing what says, uh, uh, stress is. And let me, let me stop there at this moment. Joyce and, and Johnny are here down here permanent. Uh, Joyce Young and uh, Murray are down here permanent now. She's sitting over by Joanna. And keep them in prayer. If you want to go by and visit, call them. Make sure that Murray's up for a visit. Is that fair enough? And uh, can't encourage them. But they're going, they're going through a dark time. Murray's got, uh, got a cancer, and they've done basically what they can do. Uh, but Murray's still got a good attitude, and just, just let them hug her. So anyway, these psychiatrists get together, and they said, we want to make it in the simplest term. Kim, you'll like this. They want to make this in a simple term. Let's describe what stress is. And so they met for a whole week, and they discussed it off and on, and they come up with the answer. Are you ready for this? Stress is life. Get over it. <laughs> I mean, give me a break. You know, I knew that. <laughs> and that's what happens. Dark times are a part of life. They happen to us. Dark times are difficult. Dark times are discouraging to us, aren't they? Dark times are despairing. Dark times are debilitating. Uh, otherwise, they, 
They, they can keep us from serving, and, and they kind of hamper our abilities and talent. Dark times are devastating, and usually they all lead to a depression. And some of us have suffered with depression. Some of us just minor. Some of us have to be have depression, uh, have to have medicine for it. It's no different than taking medicine for high blood pressure or insulin for, for sugar or, or diabetes and those kind of things. So it, it's that. But, the, but these dark times are part of life. We just got to go on. We just got to somehow pick it up. And the best way to do that is have people like you and I to help people like you and I to encourage us to go on. Because God is good. You got it. And all the time. Good. That's right. God is good. And all the time. Yeah. Even when they're difficult and dark days, God is good. And see, he didn't. It wasn't that he made this man uh, blind. Uh, he was born blind, so that his, but his works were going to be revealed in him. God was going to do something mighty in this, in this blind man by getting to see the glory of God. And God is doing some mighty things in our church. Uh, man, it's exciting. Look, and God has good reason for everything he does. You know, I, I have often prayed, haven't in a while, I, I have said this in my prayers. I thank God that he's God, and I'm not. Because I'm going to tell you, D.L., if I was God, I got some countries in mind I'd nuke and let the Lord separate them, you know. You know, uh, you know or, hey, are you 100% sure you go to heaven just before I shoot you? Because, you know, I'd like to know you're going there. But. That's that hard side of me. The Christian side wants to see people get saved, wants to see life change. So God has a reason for it. Listen, we looked at it. Sometimes God allows dark times in our lives to purge us of the dross that, from our lives or the sin that comes in, in our life, things that need to change, maybe the direction we've been going, the decisions we've been making. Sometimes God allows the dark times in our lives to bring us to divine instruction. He wants to show us something, reveal something to us. Sometimes God allows dark times to come into our lives to increase our faith, to build us up, to lift it up. And number four, today, sometimes God allows dark times in our lives to bring about his own purpose, to bring about his sovereign, supreme, own purposes. Did you think about that? That's tough, isn't it? It's not for my will. It's not what I want. It's not what you want what he wants Jesus Christ was in the garden of Gethsemane before just short time before he was being going to be betrayed taken and put on trial and the only and, and he and it came to a very difficult time in his life I think that was part of the hardest times in Jesus life and he was praying a prayer Lord and I paraphrase if there be any other way besides dying on that cross, then I'd like to do it. But regardless, or as the Bible, King James says, nevertheless, not my will be done, but yours be done. Now here's something very interesting in there. You may not have considered it before, maybe you have. That's the only time in the word of God that Jesus asked anybody to pray with him. He went off to pray several times, like we should. But that's the only time I found that Jesus asked those three disciples to pray with him. There's nothing wrong to ask people to pray. In fact, we should. 
We're a praying church, aren't we? We're, we're a church that believes in answered prayer. My goodness, I'm standing here as an answered prayer today. We, we know God answers prayer. Many of you are sitting there today because of answered prayer. So sometimes God allows things to come in our lives, our darkness in our lives, for His purpose. Now understand, think with us. We read that real quick, seven verses in John chapter 9. And the man was born blind, and the disciples said, Was it him that sinned? I thought, my goodness, how did the boy sin if he was born blind? And number two, or was it his parents that sinned? Now, the interesting thing is, why does it have to be something bad that happens? Why is it all that? God didn't make him that way, but God allowed that to happen so he could show the purpose that he wanted to see, get people to see the glory in their lives. Now, think about the dark times those parents went through. Some of us have had children that have been sick and, and, and are still sick or have some bad things, and it's difficult, isn't it? Now, here they got a son. Maybe the only child. Doesn't say if they had any other children. No. The only child they had. And they had hopes and dreams. And the boy's born. But he's blind. He can't see. And so they don't have Braille and they don't have all those things that are available to us today. And, and he's left. The only thing, way he can make a living is beg. That's the only possible way you can make a living unless somebody in the family takes care of him. That's the only way. And folks, there's people in your household, in your neighborhood, in mine, that are blind to the things of God. They say things that hurt. They do things that are, uh, are, are crazy. They, they, it doesn't make sense. Some of our family, some of our friends, but they're blind. Satan has them blinded to the gospel of God. Now, the truth I like to use biblical examples a lot. Is this illustration is two Bible characters. First of all, I want to use John the Baptist. John the Baptist was an interesting man. John the Baptist was the cousin of Jesus Christ. He was his cousin. In fact, the first time they met, Clarence, they were in their mother's womb. Now, don't misunderstand. They each had a different mother. They were cousins. They weren't roommates. <laughs> Some of you will get that. But that, amen, it said when Mary came and confronted Elizabeth, the baby leaped in her womb. And he knew that. I think possibly their spirit souls met someplace in heaven before God sent them there. But the next recorded meeting that they, they met, they were standing in the river Jordan, and John baptized Jesus and began his earthly ministry. Wow. I mean, your cousin. Your own cousin. Now, God had a sovereign person, uh, purpose for John's life. God had a, a special purpose because he's supreme. He's God. And, and there had been a prophet in Israel for 400 years. Understand that. We, we read the New Testament so quickly. But between Malachi and the Old Testament and Matthew of the New Testament, actually James is the first book that was written in the New Testament, but that's immaterial. But between the Old Testament and the New Testament was a period of time called the silent years, or they were 400 years, and God didn't speak through a prophet to the nation of Israel for 400 years. Man, think about being married to your wife, and she don't speak to you for 400 years. Don't. <laughs> D.L. and Charlie saying, uh, where do we sign up? No. <laughs> they, I mean, think, isn't it? But they don't hear from God. Folks. 
What if we don't hear from God? When's the last time you heard from God? When's the last time you spoke to God? Then John came on the scene, a prophet from God, and he was dressed, preaching like a, a wild man. He, he had camel hair covers. He lived in the wilderness. He ate honey and wild, uh, wild honey and, and locusts. And, and I understand from a, a, a renowned source that it's hard to get the little feet of the locusts out of your teeth. But I don't know. I've never ate them, but that's what this man said. But locusts, and that's what he lived on, and he preached. And then you know why people began to follow him, and they listened to him. And, man, they, they say, this guy didn't go to any rabbinical school. He wasn't super intelligent. Uh, man, kind of reminds me of myself. And he was destined to become a great religious leader. I mean, his future seemed great. Now, the blind boy, his future didn't look great at all. But John the Baptist, man, I'm telling you, it was looking good, uphill all the way, uh, downhill all the way. Blind boy was uphill all the way. He's coasting, running. I mean, things are going good for John the Baptist. People are getting saved. And he's proclaiming the truth, the word of God. And some people don't like it. And you'd think that a person like John the Baptist wouldn't have a dark day in his life. But Luke chapter 7. And he confronts John calling him unto him. He's in prison. John's in prison. He called on him two disciples, sent them to Jesus, saying, Are thou he that should come, or look we for another? Now listen, John had approached the king, King uh, Herod, because he was married to Heronius. Now, the interesting thing, John said, look, that's against the law of Moses. That's wrong. That's not right. You shouldn't live like that. That's not the way to live. And so he told him that, and the king listened to him. But, boy, it really upset the king's wife, Dan Heredis. Now, there's a problem. One, the king was already married, so he had to get a divorce. Two, uh, Heronius was actually his niece. And three, Heronius was already married to uh, Herod's brother, Philip, and so she had to get a divorce so they could get married. I mean, it's a, talking about a mix of mess. And so John said, hey, this ain't right. I just want you to know the way you're living, the way you're, that ain't the way to do things. And so now he's in prison. And, and it doesn't say anything about anybody visiting him in jail. I'm thank God I got bailed out. But didn't think about anybody visiting him in jail. His, his, his famous cousin didn't even come see him. But I, I was reading and thinking, and I'm wondering if John, the Baptist, if, 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 he, if he thought that Jesus would release him from jail. Because, he, after all, he knew that Jesus had done that before. In fact, Isaiah the prophet had predicted that he was going to heal the, the lame, uh, cause the blind to see, set those that are captives free, and all that. So did John expect that? Did John, was John the Baptist looking for that? Is John wanting that to happen? Possibly. Maybe he's beginning to say, hey, I, I want to know if I've been serving the right guy all this time. I mean, I've seen what he's done. I know he's my cousin. But the son of God, i, I got to be sure. He said, art thou he that should come, or look we for another? And when the men were come unto him, they said, John, the ba John Baptist, and that's correct pronunciation, correct writing in the scripture. I looked up, John Baptist had sent us unto thee, saying, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? 
and uh, Matthew, Mark, one of the others, he, he began, he, Jesus says, you go back and show him what's happening. And he heals, that's when he fulfills the scripture of Isaiah. He heals the lame, causes the blind to cease, uh, begins to set those that are captive. Folks, and there's people in this room, people in our homes, people in our neighborhoods that are captive, held captive by their decisions, by their guilt, by whatever Satan can use. To get us. You see, now Mark chapter 6, we're going to bring back in the story of why John's in jail and what happens to John. Man, Jesus just come rescue. Boy, he just, woo, jumped right down in here. Because what did he do for Peter when Peter was in jail? Sent an angel. The angel went in. And then Peter was asleep. The angel smacked him. Said, get up. I don't know whether he hit him in the face or bumped him. And then they, and the chains fell off. He walked out. The gates fell open. The guards didn't stop him or nothing. And so, you know, is John expecting something like that? Do you and I expect some miraculous thing to happen like that? Maybe. You know, sometimes I have. Maybe you have. Maybe you've looked for something to happen miraculously like that. John's in jail. He's waiting. And he's only in jail for telling the truth. And when a convenient day was come that Herod... Uh, on his birthday, made a, a supper to his lords and to his high captain, his chief estates of Galilee. He invites all these people he thinks important and he wants to have around on his birthday. And they're singing happy birthday, cutting the cake, and telling him to blow out the candles and all this wonderful stuff. And they're going good, and they're having a party. And then when the daughter of the said Heronius came in, his wife, remember, his wife that was married to his brother who was actually his niece, the daughter of that woman comes in and danced and pleased Herod. And that kind of dance was a, a seductive dance. It wasn't, you know, uh, do the monkey and the, what's them other things? What you used to do, Donna? The monkey and the jigger. Oh, ah, jitterbug. The twist and, yeah, the twist and, and, and the continental. You know, hey, I wasn't always a preacher, guys. I'm, and, and they do, oh, listen. Anyway, they were, this was a seductive dance. It wasn't one of them dances. And pleased Herod and they, and them that sat with him. And the king said unto the damsel, Ask me of whatsoever thou wilt, and I'll give it to thee. I'll give you whatever you ask, whatever you want. And he swore unto him, Whatsoever thou shalt ask of me, I will give it thee unto the half of my kingdom. He said, I'll even give you the half of my kingdom. You've been lying dancing. Don't tell me that jitterbug. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he said he'd give half the kingdom. I think, man, he's going to give half away. He was really moved by his wife, who was really his niece, and had been his brother's wife, daughter. And she really fooled him. And you got to be careful about what you say around because peer pressure. You think peer pressure is something new? Look what happens. And she went forth and said unto her mother, What shall I ask? And she said, The head of John the Baptist. That's what you tell him you want. And she came in straight away with haste unto the king and asked, saying, I will that thou give me by, <coughs> give me by and by in a charger or a tray the head of John the Baptist. That's what she comes back and tells the king. Okay, this is what I want. Uh, you know, stepdaddy, you give it to me. That's, you ask me, I'm telling you. Now look what the king did. And the king was exceedingly sorry. He said, man, I opened my mouth at the wrong time, the wrong place. Yet for his own sake, 
he didn't have integrity like John the Baptist. He didn't have a good character like John the Baptist. But for his own sake and for their sakes, would sit with him, he would not reject her. Peer pressure was right there. I can't go against him. And immediately the king set an executor or sent an executor and commanded his head to be brought. And he went and beheaded him in the prison. Now John's sitting there wondering, is this the guy that we serve? Do we look for another? If it is, maybe he'll come. Lord, why am I going through this? Lord, won't you please take me out of this dark time? And brought his head in a charger or tray and gave it to the damsel, and the damsel gave it to her mother. Man, you're talking about some sick people, but they're still out there today. And there's still pressure today. Dakota, peer pressure is not new. We still go through it. Your dad goes through it on the workplace. It still happens today. It happened way back then. It's still there. Because the Bible's true. It's a living word. John had fulfilled the purpose for which he was born. God allows dark times sometimes to come in our lives for his purpose. The boy that was born blind got healed. John served God, lost his head. Truth, the means of death for a Christian, isn't as important as the way we live. You can die in a car wreck, or they can put on a death certificate of cancer. But you know what? However way I check out, I want you to make sure you say, God took him home. You know, that's just the mode. That's it. That's all it is. Car wreck or cancer? Health, heart attack or aneurysm? Uh, uh, airplane crash or old age? It doesn't matter the day we count. How we die is not nearly as important as how we live and how we live for God or whether we don't live for God because we still have our testimony to people. People still see. People still watch. Truth, God will not take us home before we fulfilled his purpose. You know how I know that? Because I'm here. God didn't look down and say, oh, well, that's a special man. I want his intelligence, his talents. Man, he can sing. He can do. You know, that's a lie. You know, he, he's a great orator. He's, he's athletic. He's, he's uh, very intelligent. He's smart. Uh-uh. God listened and heard your prayers, and God said, I ain't done with that boy yet. Personally, I think he said, it's quiet up here now. I don't need any extra noise to put up. <laughs> that boy don't know how to be quiet, and I don't have my riddling up here yet. I don't know, but I know it's to be true. God's not going to take us home until God's ready for us and we fulfilled his purpose. The other Bible character teaches this truth is Joseph. Joseph's the only guy in the Bible where absolutely nothing negative is said about him. Isn't that great? Wouldn't you like it? When nobody, Marilyn, wouldn't it be great if nobody ever said anything negative about, about you? If anybody does, give me their name. I'll, 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 we'll take care of them. What, what, really? Hey, Terry, wouldn't it be great? I know you worked at the school for a while and you do something else. I mean, no matter how good you try to do things, it just doesn't happen. You know, I like what the doctors say. I mean, we've been going to the doctors, so I just, I know most of you have. If it wasn't for doctor's appointments, we wouldn't have a social life. I'll tell you. And they always say, well, how are you doing? And I look at them and say, you know what? Why do you ask that? If I was doing good, I wouldn't be down here, would I? You know? 
In fact, I told one one time, how are you doing? I said, I'm doing great. I'm doing wonderful. I didn't have nothing else to do. So I thought I'd come in here and spend about $68 to $100 on a visit just to see how things are going. <laughs> well, check things out. She said, really? <laughs> I said, no. We got an appointment. Oh, okay. So open your mouth, take a thermometer, do the blood, you know. I, I began to worry when she put the blood pressure th thing around my throat, but other than that, it wasn't bad. For the first 30 years, Joseph's life was filled with turmoil and chaos in his life. Hey, his parents misunderstood him. His brothers hated him. You know, he was sold into slavery. He was lied on, uh, about uh, from a wicked woman. Uh, and, and when he was in Egypt, uh, uh, Potiphar's wife. And, and uh, he was falsely imprisoned, thrown in jail for nothing. While he's there, he met people and helped them out, and they forgot when they got released. They were supposed to help him, so he was forgotten by those he helped. Uh, but after years of abuse, Joseph rises above it all and becomes the prime minister, the second of the most powerful country in the world. Now, here's a thought, just a thought. Daniel had position number two. What position in, in the Trinity does Jesus Christ have? Two. And so Joseph is just like, is like uh, Jesus Christ. Daniel had position number three. What position in the Trinity does the Holy Spirit have? But all three are God. They're all three just as important. And Daniel was the third rankingest person in his country as a prisoner. So it's not, it's be where you're at and do what you're supposed to do where you're at. You know, on the day of Pentecost, we talked to them today, Jesus said, wait. And they had to wait ten Ten days, and then the Holy Spirit filled them. They came on there, and you know what the power of the Holy Spirit did to them guys? It needs to do the same thing to us. It got them off their seat, on their feet, and into the street to talk about the gospel. That's mine. If you like that, write it down. You know, and that's what we need to do. Get off our seats and on our feet and in the streets and tell people about Jesus Christ. Because there's people out there that got dark days, people going through difficult times, and they're not all going to come in here to hear what we need to hear. Listen, through it all, through it all, Joseph. Now, Donna, let's do that thing. Help me out. Here, I'll, let me go. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, help us, through it all. Oh, I've learned to depend upon the Word of God. All right, 222 in the blue book. Let's sing it. If you don't know it, sing it. Do you know it now? I think it's 221 in that little blue book. <coughs> Is it 221? All right. Oh, that's fine. Is it Maryland? Oh, well, never mind. It is. Trust. Ready? Start us out, Maryland and Donna, somebody. I, I'm not a good singer. Through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all. Oh, I've learned, oh, I've learned to, to, depend upon oh, his to depend upon God's word, or upon his word. It all, Sing it. Through it all, I've mm -hmm. learned to 
trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God through it all. Amen. That's what Joseph did. That's what you and I need to do. That's the things that we need to know. Listen, Joseph never got angry. Joseph never gave up hope. Joseph never blamed God for his problems. Joseph never allowed his circumstances to wreck his life. Joseph refused to allow his darkness to ruin him or to rule him. And Joseph's darkness seemed to make him better than bitter. And that's what we need to do. We can do that. We see that in Audrey's life. Uh, not that she didn't have dark times and difficult times, yes, and they're there, but I've watched her grow and begin her faith and her journey with God has grown to the point and brought Johnny along and Johnny's learning and Johnny's growing along and Miss Sandy and, and, and that's the thing it's all about. Not that we don't have dark days. Man, becoming a Christian is a difficult time, George says it is. We do have difficult times, but it's, there are those times that we can make it through. Joseph's darkness seemed to make him better, not bitter. Listen, why was that? It's because Joseph understood a principle that we need to embrace. And that's in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. But as for you, he's talking to his brothers after his father died because they thought, "Uh uh-oh, this is it. He's going to get even now. He ain't got daddy to hold him back. But as for you, you thought evil against me. But God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. He said, Joseph realized that God allowed all this to happen so God could get the glory so that Joseph would be in the place and position that God wanted him so he could feed his family or they would have starved to death. Nobody knew that when Joseph was 17. Nobody knew that when Joseph was growing up. Not even Joseph. Nobody knew that when they sold him into slavery. They were just trying to get even or whatever. Now they thought, Daddy's gone. He's going to try to get even. But what happens to you and I, those dark times, may be because God has a sovereign purpose in mind for us. Five truths that will help us in our dark times. Listen, number one, God is in control of this world. Truth number one, God is in control of everything. The whole world is in his hand. We sing it. From here to here, but do we believe it from here to here? Number two, God loves you. The cross proves that. Number three, God desires to bless others through you. Number four, you will never, uh, we were never intended to live here forever. We were created to live in God, with God in heaven. That's just a fact of life. It is. Those is writing down, I hope you got it. Number five, whatever God does must be right because he's completely holy. Doesn't say we have to like it. Doesn't even say we understand it. I bet that blind man, that blind boy's parents didn't understand it. I bet he didn't understand it. The disciples we know didn't understand it. And so when you're going through a dark time, a difficult time in life, it may be so God can use it to show you, somebody else, his glory and his work. Three truths that will hold you up in the dark times and make you, let you hang on. God is too wise to ever make a mistake. Get it. 
Write it down, say it over and over and over and over and over. God is too wise to ever make a mistake. God is, I don't care how you write it. God's too smart to ever make a mistake. God is, never makes a mistake, whatever. God doesn't make a mistake. I make mistakes, you make mistakes, but God does never make a mistake. Number two, God is too powerful to allow the devil to have his way. God is too powerful. Who is stronger than God? Satan is a created being, just like you and I, just like the angels. God has always been there. He's too powerful. The God we serve, that Holy Spirit that lives within you, that part of God, that's what makes everything so great. God is too powerful to allow the devil to have his way. And number three, God loves you too much to hurt you unnecessarily. We get hurt, but it's for a reason. Now, certainly, we've already discussed sometimes those reasons are because we made the wrong decision. We went the wrong direction. We wanted our way. We wanted what we wanted, when we wanted. We didn't want to wait. Sure, but sometimes, sometimes, it's because God's got a purpose. That's why I say, Lord, teach me what you want to teach. Thank you for trusting us with this problem. Thank you for giving us this opportunity. God allows dark times in your life and my life to purge us from the sin, the, uh, the dross, if you will, the excess stuff that we don't need to be carrying God allows the dark times to bring us divine instructions, to teach us things. God allows the dark times to increase our faith, my faith, your faith. God allows dark times to bring about his own sovereign purposes, his purposes, because he's supreme. He's the God that holds it all. Further along, we'll understand why. But through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus I've learned to trust in God. Not every minute, not every day. I need you to help me. Hopefully you need me to help you. But through it all, through it all, oh, I've learned to depend upon his word. Let's stand and pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you. Lord, it's hard to thank you for dark times, but we do. They're there for a purpose. They're there for a reason. And sometimes it's your reason. We thank you for it, Lord. We thank you, Lord. And it's difficult, that, but we thank you that we can help others as we're going through or we can help them that's going through some difficult time. Lord, I ask you to put your arms around the Wilsons in that difficult time they're going through, around uh, uh, Sharon and Charlie in the difficult time they're going through, around Joyce and Murray and... Lord, I could go on with so many others as I look across. Uh, Lord, Brother Swearinger and his wife, and they served God so long, and, and, and now it just seems like difficulty after another. And Joe and Vicki, and Lord, just so many, so many others. I don't want to miss anybody. Frank and Eleanor. Lord, you know, you know what? With every head bowed and every eyes closed, I want to pray for you this morning. Raise your hand if you're going through a dark time. Amen. I see it. Amen. Keep your hand up. Amen. Lord, you see these folks with their hands up. Lord, they're going through a dark time. They're going through a difficult time. Maybe a time they didn't even bring on themselves. It wasn't their fault. It wasn't their parents' fault. Lord, it was life. And life is hard. But you're going to get the glory. Lord, just we let you have the glory through us. We give you permission to work through us. Lord, we give you the time to teach us and trust us. And thank you, Lord, for helping us through this. In Jesus' name.
be with all those that's hands up, those that couldn't. And Lord, those that didn't have their hands up have gone through them or are, will go through them because that's life. And Lord, the only time we're going to get over it is when we get to heaven. And we thank you for your love in Jesus' name. Amen. Whatever, once you come, we pray for a revival to take place at our church and our people and our community. We want it to start here. Maybe you don't know Jesus Christ, or maybe for some reason you've drifted away from Jesus Christ in your life. Uh, you knew him, you, you shifted from him, whatever it is. Won't you come? Maybe you just want to pray for someone that's lost. Maybe you want to pray for yourself and ask God to give you strength so that you can learn to trust Jesus, learn to trust God through it all. Through it all. Through it all. I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust God. Through it all. Through it all. Oh, I've learned to depend on His Word. You know what? I'm still learning. I'm still learning to trust Him. I'm still learning to trust God. I'm still learning to depend on His Word. I don't have it together. Maybe you're like me. Maybe you need to come and pray and whatever the need is. Maybe someone's done something, failed to do something, said something, failed to say something, whatever it is, whatever your need, won't you come? I hope you had an opportunity to bring your prayers to God. <laughs> I hope you had an opportunity to let God speak today. If you're not going through a dark time, it's going to happen. It probably already has. There's going to be some most difficult times. But you know what? Through it all, this church will be praying for you. Because... These people are helping me and Edna, and we're helping them to learn to trust in Jesus, to learn to trust in God, oh, and to learn to trust in His Word, or excuse me, depend on His, on his Word. Through it all, John the Baptist made it, had a difficult time, had some dark times, and had some doubts. But through it all, Joseph became better instead of bitter. 
Lord, let us not get bitter in a dark time. Let us get bitter. Isn't that wonderful? Let Brother Johnny close us in prayer. Johnny, a button right here. Hey, don't forget, if at all possible, please come back tonight. i got some very important one to share with you. You're going to want to hear it uh, straight here. You don't want to hear it through the grapevine because I guarantee people will put their slant in it. So, And if you go out there and tell everybody I was bailed out of jail and leave it alone, that'll be fine. That's good. I'm thinking about writing an article in the Gaumy Gems on it or something. You know. But that's all right. There was a time I was in bondage, and Jesus came and set me free. And I was excited about that. And I like and enjoy setting other people free. It's a wonderful time. By the way, Todd's not here, so I'll, I'll, I'll let you know ahead of time. His table, Kim and Johnny and Audrey, they beat us by one point. <laughs> Phil's table. So next year, you may want to say, the table. No. But the main thing is, we had fun, and none of us come in last. Right, Audra? Amen. Praise God. I like it. All right, Brother Johnny, close us in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you and praise you for all your many, many blessings. Lord, we just thank you for the message that you have sent to us today. What a blessing, Lord. To you, we give all the glory. Father, we just come to you and ask you to be with each and every one and be with them as they travel and do the, their daily thing. Now, Father, we just ask you to be with them until uh, they come back this evening. In Jesus' name, amen.